Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Already up on the slope. Kind of bright out there. Looks a little warm, too. And uh, we've got a forecast that's going to be hot, and then it's going to be a little hotter. But the good part about hotter after the first hot is that's what brings the monsoon rain. So we're, we're looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully you're all going to do something fun today where you can stay around a pool or get cooled off. And a lot, lot of nice things to do out in the morning. If you're going to go hiking, you better get out and get going. But anyway, happy Sunday morning. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show live from Sunny Slope, Arizona, as we are every Sunday. We have the wonderful Shira on phones and music. And we have Jeff Munden with the news for us this weekend. And uh, actually, it uh, kind of be a pretty bright, sunny day if you like bright and sunny. And uh, so we could talk about what bright and sunny does for all of our plants. You know, we have some of the longest days and growing season this time of year of any time. Uh, this is when our plants are most active. They're going to also need um, some additional water. If you haven't watered your native plants and desert trees, probably a good time to think about it and probably even a better time to do it. And we could talk about how to water with nice deep irrigation so we leach our salts down and we save water by putting more on all at one time. And our plants will respect that and root down deeper and be happier and withstand more heat. So a lot of good things about uh, how we water and how we use water. You know, we are in a place where we've managed water about as well here for the last 4,000 years as any place on the planet. Well, I guess you got to give the people their aqueducts and stuff like that. But uh, aside from that, we've done a pretty marvelous job farming here for 4,000 years. And, you know, I think we can continue for another 4,000 as long as we work together and manage it. Anyway, we could talk about plants, how to grow them, where to grow them, what kind you like. We're here in the Sonoran Desert. We have our own beautiful Sonoran Desert plants combined with tropical plants. We grow all kinds of food here. Uh, Great place to grow citrus. We could talk about palm trees. You know, we do have one native species, the California fan palm. I didn't name it. Washingtonia fallifera is its real name. And, uh, you know, it's been used for food here for a long time. We could talk about growing date palms here in Arizona. You know, dates do very well here. One of the few places in the planet where it's dry enough. And we can really grow some high-quality dates. And uh, But whatever's in your mind, whatever you think, if you have something different and fun at home you're doing in some way you're growing something different, we would love to hear from you as well. There's plenty of styles, lots of things to grow. The beautiful part about our culture is it's been crossed in the desert here for thousands of years. And with that brings new crops and new ways new ideas on how to grow things. And so if you got something new and different you're doing at home, we'd love to hear from you. Would also like to remind you that if you want to bring plants in, you know, you can work with the USDA or especially the Arizona Department of Agriculture, and you can bring plants from different places, but you have to follow the rules, and we have rules to keep out pests and prevent having problems like they have in other parts of the world. Anyway, we'll get right to the phones. First uh, caller this morning looks like Marianne and Mesa. Hi, Marianne. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I had a question about, I have an Australian bottle tree. It's about 45 years old. And um, I'm wondering if I should water it with the hose at this point. It It's on the lawn. I cut off the sprinklers because I had called you last year because the leaves were turning brown and, mm-hmm. and dropping off in June. You said stop the watering of that, which I did. The tree looks beautiful right now, but should I water it? 
away from Mother Nature. Well, you know, Marianne, probably watering it now, you know, would be a good thing to do. Bottle trees are okay. very drought tolerant, and, and they really do exceedingly well here. You know, the leaf drop this time of year is normal. So, you know, June and July, they drop a lot of leaves, and they have the little right. nuts that fall off them and all that kind of mess. And that's, if they're in right. a lawn, that, was, that makes it pretty easy because you can mow and pick all that up. But aside from that, right. I, I would water it deep once right now. And okay. uh, if our monsoon kicks in like it did last year, it just the lawn water might be fine. But two or three irrigations a summer are very much in order. Okay, yeah, because it didn't drop like it did last year and the years before that. So I, I appreciated that um, advice. So if I put the hose on it very slowly, should I leave it overnight? Like yeah, that, that now, would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And All you right, could fine. either Thanks use so one of those little round lawn sprinklers or else you could use like a... Uh, a soaker hose, and that way you're just kind of containing the water right around the tree. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Have Mary. a good day. Bye-bye. Uh, Ray down in Florence. Good morning, Ray. Hey, good morning, Brian. Uh, I really appreciate your shows on Saturday a.m. and Sunday FM. I listen every week. I got a particular problem here I can't figure out, and I called your nursery and asked about it. It's a gardenia plant. It's about five feet tall. Three years old. We've never had a problem with it. It gets morning sun only. But it's get, it started about a couple months ago. It started getting spots on it, like brown spots. And they kept getting bigger, and then they crisp it up and drop. And uh, I thought it was a, you know, a cancer of some sort. But uh, it, it's uh, and the water system, I, I th- they thought that the nursery there might need more water. But got a drip system, a red emitter, but it doesn't seem to be in too much water, but I'm up at wall about what it might, it's not insects, of course. There's, there's no spot on the back of the leaf, so it doesn't look like a scale or any kind of an insect? No, 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 it's, and it's about a month ago, it was about a quarter, 25% of the tree, and now it's, it's getting out of control. Ray, let me ask, is, is it a grafted gardenia? Is it like a Miami Supreme, or is it a regular uh, gardenia vichai? I think it's a, I got it three years ago. I, I can't even remember what okay. time it was. You got it like in a little three-gallon or five-gallon container? Yeah. yeah here, here's, here's what I would do for it that might help some, but I'm not sure what's causing your spot problem. But what really works well on gardenias, especially this time of year, would be to take, uh, do you drink coffee? No. Uh-huh. No? Okay. Well, you could go buy it some coffee, or you could stop by one of these coffee joints or stop by even Circle K, and they'll give you a bag full of coffee grounds. And uh, if you just dump a bag full of coffee grounds all around it and work it in, that's going to drop the pH, and it's going to kind of clean out the soil. And and that would be really good for it. And if you would just take a hose and water it, water that in one time, you know, let it run slow on it for a couple hours and leach that down in, that'll help your pH. As far as the spotting, if it's not caused by an insect on the backside, you know, they're really, I've never seen much of a fungus problem or anything like that with them. It's not like they get mildew like roses do. So I really can't think of anything offhand. The other thing that you can do is if you can send a photo of those leaves into our website at Whitfield Nursery, I'll take a look at them for you. And I, I can't figure it out. I'll pass it along. Yeah, I don't have a camera or a computer or anything. But Will you get anybody with a cell phone? No, not really. You can but, find you know, a neighbor with a cell phone, Ray. Come on, this is 2023. <laughs> you know, the office, the office here said to use a gallon of water every day on it. Well, it depends on your soil. Um, you know, I don't know how then, you've been watering historically. Obviously, you've been doing fairly well. So I don't know that that needs wonderful. a big change. It's been, it's been great. I, I don't. But the plants next to it, uh, Jasmine, they're all drying up. 
so I don't know what the problem is, but the brown spots, they, uh, they're all over, and, and they just keep getting bigger, and then they're crispy, and then dead leaves. I didn't want to lose that plant. Well, you might, you might just make sure that your irrigation emitter is working well. Yeah, it is. It's the water's coming out. It's not a lot, but yeah. But you put, how much water are you putting on it? To how much have you been historically putting on it? About an hour, uh, and it's a small emitter. So, so two gallons, out. maybe. Yeah, probably. Well, you know, how you can and, tell that. Just put that uh, into a quart jar and see how much your emitter's putting out. But um, do, you th- do you think if it's watered too much, it would cause that problem? Not this time of year. I, I don't think no, you no. could. I think it'd be pretty hard to overwater it right now. Oh, okay. That's what I was worried about. I said, and I water it too much. Well, but, but you know, uh, by, by frequency, though, you know, watering it probably three days a week would be enough. And two gallons might be a little bit on the light end because you'd want to push the water down deeper to push the salts away. And that's kind of why I recommended using, like, the coffee grounds. Or you could use even some vinegar if you had a bottle of vinegar at home. You could put oh, vinegar, vinegar works around too? it. Oh, yeah. You just try to drop the pH. Just you know? regular apple cider vinegar? Yeah. It's going to be like 7% acid. It'll, it'll drop the pH down. Okay. Now, the one thing, uh, the, uh, the tree there, I mean, it's, like I say, every three days it, it gets the irrigation on, but it's, uh, you know, so I can't overwater it, right? Well, you can. You can overwater anything, you know. I mean, but it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't look like that. It wouldn't get brown spots. Not, right? not, I don't think so, no. No. Okay, I, I'm going to try to save that thing because it's not all brown yet, mm-hmm. but it's there, well, worse. bleach it out, you know, give it a good deep watering with, you know, and if you could, you know, use some vinegar or use some coffee grounds around it to drop the pH down, that would be great. And, yeah, I, uh, I put miracle Grow on it about a month ago. Well, if you got too ago. much, that might have burned it, too. Yeah, maybe miracle Grow and then... Uh, well, miracle Grow could definitely lot, burn, you know. That's when it started having the problems. Well, you, you like probably it. put too much fertilizer on it. But for right oh. now, what you want to do is you want to leach everything out. So vinegar or acid, or you could go to the nursery and buy alkyl leachies, a real good product. But something to make the soil more acidic. Run the water once for a long time to push all the other fertilizer out. And then just kind of let it be until the monsoon starts and see if it doesn't start to bud back out and be healthy again. Okay, Brian, I really appreciate your help. You know, I'm going to try all that. Well, Ray, have a nice weekend. Thank you. Hey, you too. Thanks Bye-bye. for all you do. Bye now. Uh, Jim down in Casa Grande. Morning, Jim. Uh, good morning, Brian. Um, yeah, I was, I remember three years ago when it was hot and dry like this. And I yeah, lost it was a lot hotter and a lot drier, Jim. I hope it doesn't get like it did three years ago in August. <laughs> too, but anyway, I lost a couple of blue agaves. I, I called you and you said it was some kind of, I think a grub, I don't know, something like that. Well, they get beetles so, that kill them, too. But, you know, also, you know, even a lot of native and, and desert plants, a lot of the golden barrels three years ago in August burned up. Now, that was 30 days of 115 with no break, and uh, it was really miserable. Right. Well, anyway, my question is, should I kind of treat uh, the blue agaves with uh, well, my wife bought some stuff called triazicide, which I haven't put on yet. I guess mm-hmm. it's a general insect killer. Is that a good idea? Or? Well, if you're having continued problems, okay. Now, there, there's different well, I'm, I'm kind of to prevent it, you know? Well, to prevent it, what you would want to use is one of the systemic insecticides. And the active ingredient is going to be intimidacloripid, and it would be like a grub control. And what you would do is put that in watered in around them right now. And that's a good preventative measure. The other one's more of a contact killer, and it's meant to kill the insects that are already there. But by using a, a systemic, it goes through the plant system and makes it toxic to the to grubs. Okay. 
Okay, systemic. That's the key word there, huh? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, because I pulled up a desert spoon this morning in my backyard that had died. I don't know why. But anyway, it had beetles and whatnot under the hole when I pulled it out. So. Well, that's okay, that's a sign that you've got a lot of them in the community then. So what you want to do, pre-treating everything would be great. And in fact, you might even want to use both right now because there's a good chance there could be some actively feeding on those agaves as well. So, you know, in that case, what I would do is go ahead and use like one of the grub controls with the enamidochloropid, you know, to go into them systemically. At the same time, go ahead and treat with your other chemical you have at home. Okay. Use them both. Gotcha. All right, we'll do that. All right, thanks, Jim. One more question. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Joe and Glendale. But after Joe, it's wide open. Give the lovely Shira a call. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Get a date. My boss says no dice, son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Well, my mom and papa told me, son, you gotta make some money. If you wanna use a car to go right next Sunday. I was sick. Now you can't use a car cause you didn't work a lick. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Joe and Glendale, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Joe. How are you today? Oh, we're enjoying this morning so far. It's nice. We have great air conditioning and a wonderful view of the mountains I used to hike on as a kid, so I can't beat it. <laughs> nice. I'm not going up there today, so, though. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you this morning is I had a buddy who's doing an addition on his house, and he had three clusters of pygmy date palms. Each one had three trees, and... They were going to get destroyed, and I said, I'll take them. Now, I know this isn't the ideal time of year, but it was either take them now or don't get them at all. So I dug a hole in my backyard for each one before I went and got them, and last week I went and dug them up and got them in the ground as quick as possible and started feeding them and getting them watered. Um, I assumed they weren't going to look too good right off the bat and uh sure enough they aren't looking real great i've been told by other people that you know there'll be the initial shock and they'll come back um yeah, I just want to know what do you what do you well, think? Well, they are pretty uh, tough, you know, Joe. The uh, they come from Laos, so they're they're used to the heat, you know. And palm trees in general, just like rats, they grow faster in the summer when the days are longer. So that part's all good. Did you what did you do with the heads? Did you cut the heads back on them? I I, I did trim some of the. Uh, some of the leaves off, and and they had all the the pods growing, mm-hmm. you know. The, uh, so I cut those off, 
Um, but I did not cut all of the leaves. No. Well, let's let's do this, Joe. Are the, are the leaves looking pretty dry right now? But they're but they are definitely not green anymore. Yeah, they're turning. None of them are green. Okay, let's then let's just take off all the leaves up to a forty-five degree angle. Okay. Good. And the, the leaves you have, cut them in half. Okay. Okay. And I would imagine the stems are probably still green, though the leaf part of it's dry, right? Okay. Yeah. So pick up a bottle of Super Thrive. You can buy it anywhere. And uh, it's just vitamins and it's good for transplant shock. Mix that up and and, and put some on. It doesn't take a whole lot. You know, probably an ounce will do, you know, the whole thing. And uh, mix it in a five gallon bucket and put it on. Go ahead and give them a real light shot of fertilizer. Do you have any like Miracle Grow or Peters or anything like that? I I, I did that. I put some fertilizer on there, some uh, palm fertilizer. Okay. How much did you put on? I'll be honest with you, I didn't do it. My wife did it, so okay. I don't know. <laughs> so you don't want too much, okay? Just just a light dose because they, they can burn real easy. And then just keep them real wet, and you'll you'll know within the month if they're going to come back or not. You know, we would have done okay. some more things if you would have called before you dug them. How big were your root balls on them? Oh, the biggest uh, the biggest clump was stood about four and a half feet tall, and then the root ball was probably about fourteen inches. Yeah, so you kind of, that's kind of rough, okay? That's, you know, normally if we were going to transplant something like that, a four-foot tree would have about a 30-inch diameter root ball about 30 inches deep. And and it probably wouldn't have shocked much at all. But you still have a chance for them to come out, okay? I wouldn't give them any more fertilizer because you're not sure how much they got, and you want to be real sparing on the fertilizer, but a little bit was good, so hopefully that's what happened. I would go ahead and still put the Super Thrive. I would leave the heads open. I wouldn't wouldn't tie them up like you see. We tie up big palm trees sometimes. But like I say, take Uh them to a 45-degree angle and cut the fronds in half. And uh, you'll okay. know in the next month whether it pops out the heart or not. The other thing that okay. sometimes happens to them is they'll get a bacterial infection in the crown uh, because okay. they're stressed right now. So if you would treat the hearts of those either with copper sulfate or you could use Monterey disease control, either one's fine. And you could even use okay. both. But you want to pour that okay. right down in the crown of the tree to keep them from getting a fungus because they can get a fungus very easy when they're weak and stressed. Okay, uh, and then I'm also getting conflicting uh, views on the watering. It, it, some people are saying don't water too much. Some people are saying get it, keep it real wet. Well, where, um, where, where, where did they come from, Joe? They came from Laos, right? Yeah. So Laos is pretty wet. So okay. you can Great. err on the wetter side. If you're in real heavy clay, you don't want the ground super saturated. It needs to get a little oxygen. It needs to dry out in between. But you want to err on the side of being wet, Joe. Okay, great. All righty. Great. Thank All you, right, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul and Scottsdale. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. Yeah. Anyway, I'm out here. I have a small vegetable garden in boxes because I live in a condo. And the time has come to, they pretty much, it's fried. And normally what I do after I tear up uh, what's left is I just let it solarize through the summer. Uh, like you recommend, but what I was wondering is instead of looking at empty boxes through the summer, mm-hmm. is there any type of flowers that I could put in there just so I got something to look out besides the empty boxes of dirt? Well, I'd be a little leery of vinca because sometimes they can have fungus in them, you know, so you might mm-hmm. bring it, you wouldn't want to bring that in your garden. But um, if you want to do something like a Lizzie in there, you could do that. Um, you know, a lot of the other summer Lizzie type Anthes? of flower. Uh huh. 
It's kind of a taller flower that's kind of neat. Um, what a lot of people grow now to fill up gardens and things are the, are the sweet potatoes, the ipomia. And that comes in like a, a darker kind of a maroon kind of color, a bright green. Those are very easy. You mm-hmm. can just pop a couple of those in that fill the whole garden and just dig them out when you're ready to replant. Okay. Now, they grow. Unfortunately, I have no choice. The, the, the boxes face due west, so they'd be able to take that heat. No, that's pretty darn hot, Paul. It's, it's asking a lot, but, I they, have no, but I the have real no, answer is yes, said, they, they, said, they may. <laughs> I, I, I've actually done pretty well over the years uh, with my vegetables, with my beans and squash and t- t- tomatoes. Well, there, there's an but, advantage uh, to facing west in the wintertime. Yeah, in winter. It's, it's, it's all lost in June, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but anyway, I'll yeah, they'll, 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 they'll still make it, Paul. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Chris and Mesa, good morning, Chris. Hello. How are you? Oh, enjoy <laughs> the morning. Thanks for calling, Chris. Good, good. <laughs> I have two questions. I have one about um, a lemon tree and one about white flies. So they're separate questions. Um, our lemon tree is turning yellow. We have four citrus. We planted two limes and two lemons about a year ago. And just one tree is turning yellow. Um, it kind of starts in the center and works its way out to the end of the leaves. I don't know. Uh, it seems like we're watering the same. I and mean, everything seems to be getting fertilizer and water. So not sure what would cause that. Okay. So, Chris, tell me about how you're watering and how you're fertilizing. Um, well, we've, we've done the uh, Valentine's Memorial and Labor Day um, schedule that you recommended um, for the citrus. And um, we have, I've actually been extra watering besides the drip irrigation just because I was worried maybe it's not getting enough or it's draining quickly in that area. But that doesn't seem to be the case. How how um, how often you're in your drip? Uh, is it three times, three times a week and there are two, four gallon emitters okay, and so, the tree's about five feet tall. Yeah. You're better off running them probably once a week. Okay. 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 So you don't need to water that frequently and you're probably, okay. what, were they 15 gallon trees or 25 gallons or five gallons? What size trees? Were um, they were closer to five. So a little tiny. That might have been a 15-gallon. We, okay. have, we have two smaller ones. That might have been a 15-gallon. Okay. So anyway, you want to put on about 20 gallons of water, okay, okay. once a week. And you can fertilize okay. them lightly once a month. My one fear might be that that tree got planted a little too deep. So dig up against okay. the trunk and dig down and make sure you find what's called the root flare. That's where the roots come out, you know, and that mm-hmm. needs to be within the top inch or so of the soil. And if you find that okay. that's down three or four inches, you just take all the dirt off the top of that well um, down to, you know, so there's about an inch of, of soil over the over the roots. Okay. And that, that could cause yellowing. Like oh, definitely. I'll suffocate, especially with your watering three times a week. <laughs> okay. You know, because well, they, they don't want to well. stay wet all the time. You know, when we plant a brand right. new citrus grove, oftentimes we're doing it this time of year in the middle of the heats because when we have help available to do it. And we mm-hmm. we tend to do very well. But even when we're planting a brand new grove in the summertime, we're only watering twice a week. And we have a lot light, lighter soil than almost anywhere in Mesa. Uh, where do you live in Mesa? Okay. Cross streets? Uh, kind of stapling in McKellips. Okay. So you have fairly heavy soil. So, you know, yeah. really, you, you want to let that get drier. So if you ch- change your watering, combine it all to one day a week, and then you can give them a light mm-hmm. dose of fertilizer again, but then check and make sure it's not planted too deep as well. 
Okay, well, we'll do that. And then the other question was about uh, white flies. They're just they're everywhere in our raised oh. bed right now, our vegetable bed. Oh, it's um, hard, I've been it's hard, it's hard to hear, Chris. You know, <laughs> you're the first complaint I've had on the air with with white flies this year, and I thought maybe we were going to sneak by this summer. So oh, you, you well, have them in vegetables. They, tur- they turn the leaves silver. Is that right? That's what that would be a white fly. Well, you uh, turn the leaf squash. over with white flies, or you can hit the leaves, and you have these little cl- clusters of flies flying around. And if you turn the oh, leaf yeah, over on the back of the plant, you're going to see like the little green kind of nymphs and the white flies yeah they're 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 all over the squat we plant pumpkins and um uh, some squash over there okay yep what i would honestly do this so, time of year chris i'd, I'd give up <laughs> I'd, I'd kill the pumpkins okay you know and and, and, it, and it's um, so sad because you, you are the first caller i've had all year that's had a white fly okay, problem. But okay. if, if you've got a problem on squash or pumpkins right now, yeah, I mean, you could treat mm-hmm. it with intermittent chloroprid and you can do different things. But, you know, how how mature are your squash? Oh, um, not very. We I'm not sure. This is our first experimental year with vegetables here. So oh. we probably got them in a little bit late. But I've been trying with neem oil and it seems to reduce it. But then they're right back in the yeah, couple it's of days. Not, you know what? You're just going to fight all stuff. Just, just punt. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you okay. what's what's fun here, uh, Chris. We have a really good planting season here in the fall. So if okay. you if you would punt and if you have in boxes and things, if you even throw some black plastic over to solarize all the soil, you know, and leave it mm-hmm. until the middle of August, then you can come back and replant. And uh, you can do a lot of different things here. But if you've got those varieties and you got you know white flies that bad now, it's time to give up. Okay. All right. I will solarize for sure. I appreciate that. Thank Th- you. Thank you, Chris. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, it looks like I got a little late there, and Jeff Munn slid in the booth, and we got to find out what's happening in the world. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I got 10 Ford gears and a Georgie overdrive. I'm passing little white lines and my eyes are roving wide. Just past a Jimmy and a white. I've been passing everything in sight. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. It really seems like a month since I kissed my baby goodbye. I could have a lot of women, but I'm not like some other guy. I could find one to hold me tight, but I can never make believe it's right. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. Shira call. Number to call 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And we could talk about what you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. If you're having problems, we could talk about that. If you're doing something different or having fun, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, Margaret's and Sons Southern Lakes is up next, and you can be after Margaret simply by calling the lovely Shira at 602-277-5827. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Brian. Um, I have three questions. I have a lemon seeds and some green onion seeds I plant, planted in a little pot mm-hmm. indoor. 
near my kitchen window. Okay. Now they have a little whatever grows, right? What do I do with it? Do I go outdoor and plant in a bigger pot, or do I just leave it indoor? Well, your little so you, it was a lemon tree you planted from seed. Yeah, lemon. My lemon drop on the floor. It's all dry, but the seed has a. So I figured I planned it, see what happened. Well, that's kind so of fun. Has, you know, it's probably yeah, going to be I, easier right now with the temperature to keep them indoors, at least for a while. And uh, okay. and if, if you want to change them to a larger container, you know, they're going to outgrow the container. Okay. I'm not sure what size containers you started them in, but, you know, I, I would probably be kind right now because of the heat. So don't, don't, turn, uh, don't change them into a pot, go outside yet, right? No, I, you, know, you can put them into okay. a larger pot, but you might want to keep them indoors, or at least on the patio, Margaret. Oh, okay, okay. And also, um, I have uh, the water system turned on for Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's like uh, 20 minutes each time. I have lemon tree, grapefruit tree, and uh, bougainvillea. Is that enough? No, that's terrible. Okay. So... 20 minutes, I don't, unless you have a big bubbler, it's not going to put out any amount of water that really matters, okay? And for all those things, you'd be better off to put the irrigation one time a week, but you're going to need to run enough water to get down on a lemon tree about two to three foot deep, okay? And then out as mm-hmm. close to as wide as the canopy. And the bougainvilleas don't care too much. They don't need that much water. But the lemon tree, you're probably not getting it near. Is it a young tree, Margaret? No, it's a real old. Okay, so you're going to, you know, I would go out, first thing to do is just throw a hose on it and flood it real heavy right now because it will really suffer with this kind of weather. And um, Okay. So you need to change the irrigation timer to once a week. And then that lemon tree, if it's a big old tree, you want to put about 200 gallons of water on it. So however long it takes your system to put on 200 gallons. And if they're on the same system, you probably want to put some more bigger heads on the lemon tree, and and you know really the bougainvilleas don't need that much, but the lemon trees really do in the heat. So I just changed my time of to once a week Monday for how long? I'm well, I don't I don't know what size emitters you have. The only way to tell for how long is for you to look at the emitters. Okay, so the one on oh. the one on the bougainvillea, if it gets you know two to five gallons of water once a week, it'll probably be happy. The lemon tree, on the other hand, needs about two hundred gallons of water if it's a big lemon tree. So I can just water by hand. Huh? You can water it by hand. Works very well. Okay. All right. Also, I have uh, color lily uh, pots. Mm-hmm. So I uh, transplanted into five little pots. Okay. But I was told that they don't want to be in the sun, so I put in the patio. Mm-hmm. But some kind of a insects or animal come and dig, dig it, the dirt all over the patio. So do they eat the bulb? Well, I, I don't know what it would be. You know, I can't imagine a uh, You know, the only thing I could think of that would eat a bulb like that would be a gopher, and it's not going to get up mm-hmm. on your patio and do it. But it could be it could be a mouse, it could be a rat, something like that. Uh, but they usually won't dig down and eat a bulb out of the ground like that. They they would eat it if it was young, and they'll eat seedlings and things like that. Um, I'm not sure what it is. It could even oh, okay. be if it's in a big pot, Margaret. It might be even a quail going to make a nest in the pot. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, okay. But but look and so, see if you don't have a bird out there. It could be a quail. Oh, okay. All right. Good. So it's dead, right? It's gone. Pardon? It's dead. It's oh, oh, your cow lily's dead? Well, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not good. Okay. All right, Margaret. Well, thanks for calling. Have a you nice too. weekend. You too. Bye bye. Oh, let's see. That leaves us with four open lines. A number to call 602 277 5827 277. KTAR, digger up in Winslow. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Ryan. I was in I Winslow this week. Oh, no kidding. That's so funny. Where, where'd you... Uh, well, where I, I, was go, I was going from Flagstaff to Taylor, and of course, Winslow's right in the way. Oh, I know. That's pretty much how everybody gets through Winslow. Winslow <laughs> and Holbrook, and you know, that that's the regular route. Oh, yeah. I know the drives well. Well, funny, uh, you showed up. I was actually in Oregon. Sorry to miss you. <laughs> well, it's probably a little cooler in Oregon, depending on where you were. <laughs> oh, it sure was. I went up to see my daughter, and work at a hippie fair out in the woods and yeah right down in a riparian area it was it was freaking beautiful and cute friend but yeah so that brings me to my call and uh the uh the benefits of deep watering we're gonna see see if i have any plants left um i know my anchor trees the willows are gonna be be fine because they're down in a swale um, my junipers and my padrones, hopefully I deep water them, but my eight foot sunflowers, man, I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's definitely cooler in Winslow than it is in Phoenix, so you got a better chance than the wood well, down here. Yeah, only about 10 degrees, though. Yeah, but a lot but more yeah, than right, um, usually 25 at night, so that nighttime temperature oh, is a lot, too. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. But anyway, I'm cruising by Tehachapi on my way to Tonopah, and I'd be willing. Oh, you think we should play that song today, Will? And it's not on today's song list, but that's a good song. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is. I I, I pled I pled my case to share. We'll see. We'll see what she can come up with. <laughs> well, that's the last the last song. Go ahead. For the, uh, the last song during break was. Uh, if I get home tonight, I'll be feeling good. Something like that. Yeah, six days on the road, and I'm going to make it home tonight. <laughs> that's it. That's, a, that's about how long. Well, well, brother, man, thanks a lot. And uh, I'll give you a report next week if I right. get in early enough. Yeah. <laughs> Air up the tires and have a good trip, Digger. Oh, yeah, I sure am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, next, we got James and Coolidge. Hello, James. How you doing, sir? Thank Great. you for taking the call. Hey, um, a couple quick questions. So I've got a older um, garden box. I've been growing tomatoes and bell peppers and jalapenos like a champ for years. And now they kind of hit a point where they get kind of stunted. Um, I heard a caller a few, uh, maybe last year sometime, have kind of a similar issue. Um, is Is it just time to dig out all that old garden soil and just go, you know, fill it with new, or is there a way to, you know, kind of. Well, the tomatoes are going to probably be gone, but how, how are your peppers? How old are they? How old are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, like the current, the, the, current, the current crop, crop have you had them in for two or three years or are they new ones? No, no, no. These are brand new. Okay. These are, these, are, I, I grew these, I started these from seed um, about, uh, about three or four weeks ago. Okay. 
and they got shade cloth, and they're not in direct sun. They they get about two hours of direct sun, but they got a shade cloth over them too. Yeah, you know, and James peppers will take pretty full sun. You know, as long as it's not west reflected heat, they'll grow out in pretty full sun. And and the thing about peppers okay. is it lasts two or three years. So, um, okay, I'm not sure if you want to kind of restart the whole garden or not. I mean, the the time we would normally do that would be like in August, you know. And if you want to add some more organic right. material and things, but you know what you might want to do is just come in and add some organic fertilizer, something like the pelletized chicken manure, or maybe some fish emulsion, and just try and build it up that way. And because okay. uh, really the, the the wood products break down over time, and if you need to add more soil, sometimes you're better off to add some more regular soil soil like topsoil versus a lot more organic. But you know, keeping things in okay. balance, um, you know, you could do a little bit of both. But there's no reason that peppers shouldn't be growing pretty well right now. Okay, yeah, the peppers seem to be doing fine. It's the, the tomatoes that generally just kind of well, tomatoes get the just two or three hot. feet, and then they'll yeah. yeah, they'll they'll just get the two or three feet, and then they'll just stop. Yeah, well, tomatoes, it's you know probably time to give up on tomatoes for this season. But um, <laughs> I know, but I love them. All right, yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, you only get a then, short hey, break. You can you can plant. You know, if you're going to start tomatoes and you like to grow your own from seed, plant some more seed right now. And by the time they're ready to okay. transplant, it'll be time to put them in the garden. Okay. And then, hey, real quick question. Um, lemongrass, mm-hmm. does it keep the mosquitoes away? And I started some from seed, you know, just following stuff on Pinterest. But you got any advice on the lemongrass? Well, I don't think anything's going to really keep mosquitoes completely away. Cause, you know, usually where you're going to have mosquitoes is out where you have moisture, like in a lawn. You know, we have those yeah. terrible ankle biter mosquitoes here that, you know, if you have them in your lawn. Um, and probably yeah. to keep the mosquito count down the lawn, the best thing is to water properly, where you're only watering once a week. And uh, seem to have a right. lot more of them around where people want to run sprinklers every day. But, you know, by putting an inch of water on, letting it dry out, you control a lot of the mosquitoes, too. Yeah, that's what we've been doing there. Um, as far as I've got some lemongrass uh, started from seed, they're they're sprouted. And do you have any any? You know, I've, I've never grown a lot of it. To, you know, we we have it at the nursery, and and I know a lot of people do grow quite a bit, but I've never yeah, had a. It's a. Yeah, I know, and it, and I mean, there's there's dishes that it's good for and recipes and stuff, but mm-hmm. the main the main thing is the wife wants it. Well, that's so that's, that's important. Why, then you that's better you better keep it happy. <laughs> So I'm I'm looking everywhere I can for what to do to keep that lemongrass happy. So, but it's it's starting to sprout. I just don't want to burn it, drown it, do anything crazy to it. Well, I'll tell you, the person I would probably refer to is the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service and their Master Gardeners program. And I'm sure they have a lot of Master Gardeners there that have a lot of knowledge on lemongrass. And that would be a good resource. All right, I will do that. Thank you. Thanks, James. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Lisa and Glendale. But first, we have to take a break. We'll be right back after the short break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we do have three more lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTR.
take a minute and light you out to Whitfields. You know, at Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If this summer is a little hot around your place, you'd like a little shade, now is a great time to plant desert trees. Things like American mesquites, Palo Verdes, ironwood trees, even a good time for olives and citrus. Also, if you like that tropical look around your pool and you're outside more, maybe it's looking a little run down. Now is the perfect time to plant palms. You know, we have beautiful mule palms, which look like coconuts. We have date palms, Mexican fans, California fans, Mexican blues, sagos, whatever your dreams are. You can grow a beautiful tropical garden here, or you can put in some really nice shade this time of year. At Whitfields, we specialize in larger size plants. You can buy time. We have trees up to 25 and 30 years old, 25 and 30 feet tall. So if you just summer is a little hot, and you need a little shade, come out and see us. We'll do the digging. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. The East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2640 East Southern Avenue. Southern Avenue, just straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix. Woodfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Well, we've got a couple lines still available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Lisa and Glendale, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have three questions. So the first one is... Um, in the front of my yard, like the previous owners had planted um, some sort of little tree, and they took it out, but there's a hole there now, and the grass does grow in it. However, it's kind of a little dip that the kids can fall in, so I was wondering, what can I do? Should I add sod to make it go to the height of the rest of the grass and plant seeds? Well, I'll tell you what you could do this time. You'd probably just add some sand. And you, you could, if you don't have any dirt, you could fill it full of dirt, and the grass will come right up through it. Or you could just, oh, put, really? or, or you could just put sand in there, and the grass will go right up through the sand too. Oh, didn't know that. Thank you. That will help me. Uh, second question: I just added humid char. Um, is July a good month if I want to add another bag? And can I? Um, and you're adding it to what? To the front grass. Sorry. Oh, you know what the the best? Well, you, you certainly can. You know, this is the best time to fertilize grass because the day's the longest, the temperature's the highest, and this is when grass grows the best. So if you want to come back and fertilize grass this time of year, it's a great time. And what you might just want to do with it is just a regular 21714 uh, lawn fertilizer, and that'll work very well this time of year and uh, really green things up quickly. Is um the... The fertilizer versus the humid charge. The humid charge is considered another fertilizer? Yes, basically. It's for trying to think, but it just takes longer to break down. Whereas you could put on like a synthetic, a 21714 fertilizer this time of year, and it'll change the grass in three or four days. How often can you lay that down, the 21714? Well, you shouldn't need to do it more than once every six to eight weeks. So you'd probably put it down now and then fertilize again towards the end of August. That would probably be good for the year. July and August, thank you. Um, if I do add the um, fertilizer down, oh my God, I forgot my question, sorry. All right, um, next one, what is the best kind of winter grass for Arizona? Well, you know, it's you can go either way. So the Bermuda grass, which is the common grass, which most lawns here are some type of high Bermuda grass, will actually stay green and grow through November, okay? And unless we mm-hmm. have a freeze, it doesn't even necessarily always turn brown. And it will come back out 
and you know fill back in and start to grow again, usually somewhere the end of February. So it's not very long when it's not actively growing. So there's no reason you have to plant a winter grass lawn here. So you can just maintain your Bermuda grass. Now, if you do want to plant a winter lawn, uh, the, the best to plant, most common now or most available, is going to be perennial rye. And it's probably best planted in October so that our Bermuda grass lawn can stay healthy. And then the thing you have to do is you really have to go around and try and kill it in April when it's growing and beautiful so that your summer lawn can fill back in and be healthy. Okay, so the perennial rye, I've done before, but I just couldn't remember. So the perennial rye in October, which what my last guy that was doing my lawn did, and then in April, I threw Bermuda grass down kind of late this year. Well, you don't don't have to receive the Bermuda grass. It'll come back. You know, and that's going to be your permanent lawn, Lisa. So you never really have to recede it, and you don't have to overseed it. So your Bermuda grass lawn makes a very good permanent lawn here. I have an HOA who bugs me if it turns brown at certain times. So it kind of turns brown. That's why I threw Humichar down because I had a bunch of browning and then I was reading well, online what, and what they said it probably was your browning, piece. Lisa, was probably the fact that your ryegrass was dying out. Oh. Okay. So that's, that's why I say you don't really have to plant the winter lawn. Okay. But... Uh, Bermuda will be it, it'll, stay, it'll stay green till December, okay, and it'll green back up in February. So you're only talking about six to eight weeks when it's going to probably be brown, and that's usually only if we have a frost. All right, well, I guess I'll tell them that next time they send me a letter. Um, <laughs> last question: Where can I get the twenty one seven fourteen? You could buy it at our nursery, any nursery, any gardens, and anywhere around town. Lisa, thanks for the call. We're going to have to take a break here. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have a couple lines available at two seven seven five eight two seven six zero two two seven seven KTAR.